0: My definition of uh, of social engineering is the persuasive or manipulation techniques of extracting important information, which can then be leveraged in a variety of ways, such as red
1: team attacks, uh, physical attacks, pen testing, and the sorts. Uh, and it doesn't have to be malicious, um, you know. You guys social engineered us into coming onto your podcast. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> cool on out. Cool on out.
0: I specialize in fishing, so I love to work the phones. In my opinion, the lowest hanging fruit. I could make 10 phone calls and more than likely will produce three or four passwords. And so that's what Build Cyber is all about. It's about leveraging education, building a grassroots community from the ground up, um, without really without large corporate sponsors or investors. It's, it's just a function of all of us taking the knowledge and education we have and sharing that with each other, trying to get better, and then helping people um, that want to get involved.
1: And then from putting it together from a community standpoint, it took away the thing that I hated most about conferences, which was Vendor con, right? Bucket, bucket, bucket. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I had something stuck in my... That is a small taste of what's coming up in this week's episode of the Security Repo podcast. As we sit down with Daniel Nilfield and Ken Neaver, who are two of the founders of Red RedSair Security, a penetration testing company that's based out of Florida. Both these guys, however, have deep roots in the cyber community, including... Founding and organizing many different events over the years, including one that's coming up in Louisville in September called Hack Redcon. But they also reach out to the community through their non-profit Build Cyber. Build Cyber is an awesome organization that focuses on helping people transition into cybersecurity careers that are from low-income, veteran, neurodiverse, or at-risk communities. It is an awesome initiative and one that you should absolutely get involved at. Throughout this episode, we dive into how Daniel and Ken found their way into security as they share some of the more funny security stories that they've brought with them along the way. But we also look at how people can get involved in the cyber community, including how you can create a conference or an event and some of the things that you should look out for even when deciding what events to go for. And one last thing before we get into the episode, if you are in the Louisville area and you want to attend hack red con for free, then you can do so as a security repo listener throughout the podcast, I'll let you know exactly how you can get your free tickets. But without further ado, I'd like to invite my podcasting partner in crime, Dwayne McDaniel to kick us off in our conversation with Daniel. Ken, you.
3: You're, you're organizing multiple events. I see you're wearing your uh, Hack Redcon shirt there. Give us a high level overview. What, what is that?
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> uh, Hack Redcon, the first uh, conference that we threw was last year in Louisville. And uh, we kind of a backstory of how it all came together. So we, we run an offensive security firm, uh, Redseer, and we were coming off an engagement and it was we're founded in Atlanta, so we're there with the team. We took 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 the guys out to uh, dinner, and probably a little bit too much bourbon. And uh, Zachary and I are probably the extroverts of the introverted crew. So everybody was talking about DerbyCon and just all the fun they had, the impact it made on the community, the great things that it did, and brought people together. And there was a void. So, um, like I mentioned, probably way too much bourbon. Those. group of folks pointed at Zachary and I said, you guys, you guys should bring back DerbyCon in your own take. And so anyway, long story short, we decided to bring back a conference to Louisville, Uh, not the intention to be DerbyCon, but to build off of their momentum um, of bringing people together, sharing, building a community, building a conference for the community where we could leverage education and impact. And that's kind of the backstory. So we have a Hack RedCon 2 coming up, which is pretty exciting. Um, we're going to be hosting at the Louisville Slugger Museum, which is in Louisville. And also, uh, with a partnership with the University of Louisville, uh, we're going to be hosting workshop training, hands on training. So, we have some really unbelievable uh, training lineup set up. So, we're pretty excited about that. And uh, that's kind of the backstory of Hack Red
2: so as as I understand it from what uh, Dwayne's let me know, you guys have done quite a lot of research into what makes a good security event. Dwayne and I have been to hundreds of security events or, or developer conferences., uh, so we have our own takes uh, on this, but I'm interested from your perspective, what did it uh, what did it what did you find when creating these events? What worked well, what replicated well, uh, and what was a total disaster?
0: So, well, I'll probably start with the good because there's plenty of disasters. <laughs> um, I would say the most important thing that we learned along the way, we um, we interview, just like we're doing here in this podcast format, every single person that reaches out to us. You could be a volunteer, you could be a veteran looking to transition, a speaker, a trainer, somebody as well known as an Ed SCOTUS. We spend 30 to 45 minutes, even an hour with every single person that reaches out to us. Um, part of that is to get to know um, who we're speaking with. Um, there's a lot of relationships. There's a lot of synergy, whether it's business or friendships, or in, in our case, research, um, working on red teaming tools and exploits and what have you. So you just never know who you're going to meet. And so that to me was probably the most, by far, the one of the most impactful things. Um, the other thing that we found doing this is that there are thousands of security and Technology practitioners around the world that all have the same interest as us, which is leveraging our knowledge, our our all the education and mentoring and giving back and coming together to share that with future generations and other security practitioners. Um, that's something that was probably the most impactful for me. Um, getting to know just getting to know everybody on a personal level um, so that was a really big thing. Uh, some of the challenges putting together these conferences is marketing. Marketing is very difficult to get the word out. How to do it in a in a consistent way? Um, it's a funny backstory. So we have a kind of an inside joke here. Where is Tim Tim Medine, who is the founder of Red Siege? Um, I don't know him personally, but a lot of, a lot of the guys here do. And so what happens is my father was helping us do marketing in the very beginning for Hack Red, and he came up with a, uh, with a, a graphic and the graphic was for, uh, Tim Tomes. We were going to do a training for Tim Tomes. Zachary and Tim are our friends and Zach has taken his training. I think maybe Ken as well. Anyway, so my father, not knowing the industry and we were just kind of in chaos, trying to put everything together. There's a lot of moving parts with a conference. And when you don't have a back, none of us had a background in event management or putting together conferences. So, um, my father put together this graphic, which we all looked at and approved, but it basically by mistake had Tim Medine's face with Tim Tomes as the advertisement. And that went out, um, to social media by accident. Right. So it ended up going viral. And that's how a lot of people found out who we were. Honest mistake. We messaged him. He was cool about it. Um, but that, so that was maybe one of those disasters that turned out great, but, um, I would just say all the coordination. Um, one of the things about putting these conferences, and we did this on a grassroots level. We bootstrapped um, HackRed originally. Uh, really, we had some good sponsors, mostly cyber companies, but it's really a coordination of community. This is the big thing. Volunteers have been really impactful, trainers, speakers, getting the word out, sharing the information, helping us, giving us advice. We We genuinely believe that when you build these conferences, it's it isn't necessarily just a pure profit-building exercise. In our case, it feels more of a nonprofit effort where we're organizing something collectively, and and that's why we say, I mean, over and over again, the conference is really all of ours, as opposed to our company doing it. So, um, those are some of the some of the fun things that have come up along the way. Certainly,
2: the story that you mentioned of the uh, the, the mistake reminds me. I was reading recently that if you misspell something in a subject line on an email, it has a better engagement rate. If you have a typo, that I thought that was really funny, um, but just before moving on, you know, Canada, is this, what what similar experiences from your end and and putting all this together?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, from my experience, I, I actually uh, came from I volunteered on the security team at DerbyCon, so um, I, I wanted to kind of keep that vibe right, and I'm also active in our local b sides and. I I actually met Dwayne at RVA Sec. So I do attend these as well as throw them. Um, and so I liked how we were able to take kind of the best aspects of all of these conferences. And, and then from putting it together from a community standpoint, it took away the thing that I hated most about conferences, which was vendor con, right? um where it, <laughs> you know everybody's nodding because you all agree and sorry sorry uh, the,
2: something stuck in my, my throat the bigger, the bigger <laughs>
1: conferences that shall not be named that may take place in Las Vegas that i will be going to anyways but i digress um uh rsa stuff like that you know that's that's not quite as fun for a practitioner or somebody that doesn't hold the purse strings to a company to buy the snake oil that all the people may or may not be selling um, as well as for new people getting into the industry, that's overwhelming. And it's like, well, I got a bunch of cool swag, but I don't know what any of this stuff means. And, you know, and half the time the people you interact with don't either because they're just salespeople uh, that don't know the technical stuff. So I I really appreciate uh, our conference in that aspect because it, it, it kind of goes back to the grassroots thing that Dan was talking about where we do talk to any and all people. And if they don't jive with our personality and, and kind of the environment we're trying to throw, you know, they're not part of our conference. So it's 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 a completely it's like it's a different way of doing things that's more focused on learning and fun and community
2: uh, you, you've mentioned that you pet hate being uh Vendicon. What, what is what is something if people out there are thinking about throwing uh, a conference what is something that they should avoid that like from both of you I'll start start with you uh Daniel but what like what's what's a big something that is like just don't do this it doesn't work or or a mistake that you see
0: yeah um go, and, and it's off the topic of vendorcon when we when we started this we specifically wanted this to be a hacker conference. We wanted this to be where we were bringing together experts that could share technical knowledge that could be then passed on in the form of education and mentoring. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I I encourage all companies to leverage their marketing budget to build conferences, it contributes to education and really great PR, but just long lasting um, impact around things like talent recruitment and just representation in the industry. I think the biggest thing is n- n- not focusing on selling your product as opposed to providing knowledge and education around what the products do, the technical aspects, the even the management aspects of one big, a really big problem that I think we have in the industry is this gap between what the business suite cares and looks at versus our, the security teams. Um, at these conferences, I think that that knowledge can be translated through technical training and, and this, this aspect of education, as opposed to selling a product and having, uh, aggressive, I, we go to tons of conferences, I think trying to avoid having salespeople at the conferences. And that's a big thing that you see at all the conferences, they send salespeople out and it's just a turnoff. It's a turnoff. And so, um, I think the focus of education is really the key to, to making these conferences successful.
3: I definitely agree on that. Um, and I say that as an ex-sales guy, as someone coming from sales background. Uh, but on the other hand, that's also how I first learned to engage with the community, to being a sales guy out there not knowing anything um, and asking questions like, hey, how does all this work? Uh, so coming over from the dark side, I guess. Uh, but I definitely understand your point because there's nothing worse than walking up to a vendor booth and say, tell me about your product, and you hear – a 30 second rehearsed speech and you ask any probing question and just nope. I'd much rather talk about the problem space, like how we got here, what the future looks like. Yeah. But those are all the great hallway conversations you have at these kind of events. Um, and especially with speakers. Yeah. Uh, we spent all day talking on, um, oh, i not to cut you off. Do you have a rebuttal on that, Dane?
0: No, just, just, just agreeing with you. And the fact that when you go to all these booths, they all sound the same. Um, and I think that's, that's part of it. Every single booth has the same and everybody, they're trying to sell product and service like us and all of us out there are trying to do that. But I just think there's a the education, just a more effective way to, 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 to leverage communication and marketing. So.
3: Totally agreed. Uh, but speaking of education here, um, we spend all day talking about conferences, me and Mac do sometimes, but, uh, did want to ask you, cause you started out, um, saying you run a security firm. Um, uh, did want to dig into a little bit of what you do there at Red Seer, uh, starting with like, where, where'd that name come from, Red Seer? Maybe we could just start there. Where'd the name come from and what do you mean by red teaming?
0: So the name um, originally came from, so our co-founder, Zach's not on the call, but our co-founder, Zachary, originally, Red Seer was originally formed as a CTF team in Atlanta. So Zach and some of the guys and now our current CTO uh, Kevin, was part of uh, DC 404, one of the largest DEF CON chapters. And um, so that, that's kind of the backstory of, of where it all started. It was basically a, a red teaming, uh, a CTF team where a bunch of friends got together and had, had a bunch of success. Um, the idea, one of the big things, and I'll go back a kind of a quick backstory. Zachary and I are childhood friends. We've been friends since we were five. Uh, we kind of joke around. We were child hackers. I, on the human side, Zach, with technology. Um, one of the things that impacted our lives was education and training people and having good mentors. So the idea of Red Seer was that we would leverage our knowledge to mentor other people, and the Seers, quote unquote, were the, if you will, the children of the of the mentoring um, pyramid. So that's that's kind of where it all came from, um, and the and the backdrop of the name.
3: Uh, that always just how people name their companies. So I like that Seer being the the person receiving the knowledge, and then they can see, obviously.
0: That's essentially what it is. And the characters on the if on the website, those little characters, those are essentially representations of people or groups that we've mentored that are now, um, which kind of leads back to our whole mission, are now mentoring other people. So it's kind of created this recursive uh, mindset of education and, and knowledge building and community building on a grassroots level. Um, and that's kind of... Really intrinsic within our name, um, and as just to answer this, the latter part of your question, um, we and Ken can speak more more in detail to this as a he's a chief security officer. But um, our our firm was b- built on red teaming, so pen testing, social engineering, um, adversarial emulation work, um, and so uh, we started there. We uh, my background social engineering, Zachary, uh, primarily web testing. Um, and Ken, maybe you can speak, speak more to this.
1: Uh, yeah. So we, we do run a full scope security, uh, service business. So it's like, you know, the catch all red teaming thing is where we started. Um, however, it's been interesting kind of going back to the conference thing, um, that we've done, we've curated all these relationships with all these, uh, professionals and practitioners. So we, we're not just red teaming anymore. Um, and because you know um, Dan can probably mention the financial particulars, but we do um, donate or not donate, contribute thirty percent of our revenue from our services business back into throwing the conferences and back into our nonprofit to uh, uh, to impact education. So through these one-on-one relationships that we've made through um, you know speakers, trainers, vendors, sponsors, all of that stuff through the conference. We've developed these relationships with people in all segments of cybersecurity, um, and we've been fortunate enough to expand our business because we we get people that want to, you know, we can offer blue team services now. And we reach out to some of our people that we know that do that uh, and they want to contribute 1099 work um, or, you know, come on board all time, uh, full time because of the altruistic aspect of our company. Right. So they can help secure people, give back to the community through, you know, traditional security work, which kind of sets us aside from other businesses. Um, and, and it's showing like we, we, you know, our tag is, you know, your ongoing security partner. And we're actually doing that. Like uh, just, just, you know, last week I, I answered my front door and there was a uh, cooler that got shipped to me and I opened it up and it was uh, four live Maine lobsters. which was (laughs) unusual, Um, and I opened it up, and and it had come from uh, a customer uh, that we had just done a pen test for, and he was so, you know, pleased with our work and our commitment and our referral to other people to help their security products and processes and just the overall work and delivery we did. uh, He was so blown away with it that he bought and sent me four Maine Lobsters as a thank you, so I, I mean that's that's a rare thing, right? You know, um, so it's a testament to uh, what we're doing and the right things. And you know, in addition to paying us, you know, for the actual engagement, he he took it upon himself to do that. So perhaps you know, if you're not so satisfied with your pen test vendor or a security service vendor that you want to go ahead and send them live main lobsters, you might want to look at a different uh, provider of those services. So,
2: for sure, Red Sierra are, are accepting uh, live, uh, <laughs> live seafood uh, as payment for <laughs> interesting services now. Yeah. So get, get it. I want to I want to dive into something that um, that Daniel mentioned. Uh, we talked about social engineering, and that's kind of where perhaps your specialty. Now, I think a lot of people understand a lot of these terms. Fishing is one that I guess everyone understands now, but social engineering can have a pretty broad context, especially. As you know, broad definition, especially in the context of, of of red teaming. So, I want to start by kind of asking, what is social engineering to you, um, and how do you leverage that kind of in in your services at Red sea, in your engagements?
0: So, I uh, I guess we'll both answer, but I'll start off. So, I say my my definition of uh, of social engineering is the um, the. Persuasive or manipulation techniques of extracting um, important information. Some of it's not as important, some of it is extremely important, which can then be leveraged in a variety of ways, such as red team attacks, uh, physical attacks, pen testing, and the sorts. Um, my within social engineering, similar to cybersecurity, you know, when, and we talk about this in education. The term cybersecurity is just thrown around, but it's a very large field with many specific uh, practices within that. Social engineering as well has many specific practices. Um, I specialize in vishing, so I love to work the phones. Um, It is, in my opinion, the lowest hanging fruit. Um, I could make 10 phone calls and more than likely will produce three or four passwords or critical information that can be used in uh, red attacks, pen testing attacks. recently we uh, we had a, an engagement with a large financial uh, institution and things such as as simple and, and and again with cybersecurity work, a lot of times we just think on the digital side but i'll, I'll use an example um i i called into the to the main line they had multiple companies there were some mergers and acquisitions so their systems weren't consistent and when you called press 1 for this press 2 for that well Within that um, call structure, that, that tree structure of their phone system, it would divulge the extensions and the names, first name, last name, and position of the, uh, each extension, which was great because I could then use that information, which is a low finding, in, um, in other attacks. So I was able to use their, their own phone system to figure out exactly where the extensions were of the people. And then I used some open source tools to um, to find those uh, specific targets that I was going after um, in in one case and what usually what I'll do when I take on a vishing engagement is I'll, I'll look at a variety of different targets some as low as a customer service agent or sales reps sales reps are usually um, the most friendly they love to talk they love to divulge um, in this case I targeted a mid a mid-level um, human resources officer and that human resources officer created or was part of creating their social engineering protocols. So she was very experienced within two minutes called me a fish. She said, this sounds like a fish. My biggest advice to all of my clients, anybody I talk to is that if somebody is calling you and you are not a hundred percent certain of who this person is and why they are talking, hang up the phone, hang up the phone. It is it seems the, the most rudimentary um, defense technic, uh, technique, but in this case, she didn't hang up the phone. She spent 35 minutes with me telling me everything. Now, the other aspect of social engineering, and I, I go back to this, this is something we all talk about within our, with our circles, but I don't think that the wider world is, <clears throat> and a lot of that's because of marketing and, and just the human experience, um, everything we put on social media is there. Things in the background, for example, you're looking at my screen now. You see an American flag, so immediately one could connect that I'm—I have a strong relationship that a country, maybe military service or law enforcement, etc. Everything that is in the public sphere is usable in social engineering attacks, and this is critical. So <clears throat> the HR rep, the reason I speared her is because I was able to determine that her mother was actually part of the company, and then she had worked there for 25 years. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me, meaning that there was a long history of her in inside the company she knew all of the activities she knew strategy um she disclosed that there was a um a issue with a particular program that they were introducing around diversity, and she named the person well that person that information I was able to use in a in a further attack to then um access their system get passwords and and the like so um, I think the, the biggest thing about social engineering is that we have to be aware of what we are putting out on the internet, what we are posting. Um, that information is critical um, in in uh, social attacks, and ninety to ninety five percent of um, all breaches start within social engineering. a phone call, a relationship, um, obviously phishing um, emails and, and and the like so.
2: Yeah, yeah, super cool. I like I like how you you you, you broke that down a little bit there. Um, for those that maybe don't understand, can you quickly explain what vishing vishing is? a uh, if if someone hasn't heard that term before.
0: So um, essentially, similar to phishing, um, we uh, create um, scenarios to so for and I'll use a specific example maybe to to elaborate. Um, the um, there was an engagement where on the bottom of their website, on their corporate website, they had a link to a third party and that third party did, um, ethics surveys. And so, uh, with that being said, we created a, a malicious site that had the name of the, of the third party. And then I called as an actor representing that third party doing ethics surveys. Um, and so, uh, and so the idea here is that it's essentially phishing by voice. And so we're using the phone primarily to, um, to uh, emulate um, some type of actor, to extract information, et cetera. But essentially it's phishing done by the phone is the, is the, is the broad definition. Um, and, and so in this, in this instance, uh, I called and I, I called different reps. We came up with different ethics questions based on that information I extracted um, around diversity and the merger and acquisition problem. So we called saying, Hey, this is John from XYZ ethics company. Uh, we're a third party partner of the company, et cetera. If you have a question, there's a link on the bottom of the website. So immediately I'm buying credibility. Um, and then we would ask a one word question and then guide them to a malicious site, which then we could, uh, do further work. And, and, uh, and so essentially that's the idea is that we're using phishing techniques by way of voice calling and, um, and creating attacks by uh, phone.
2: I am very briefly interrupting this week's podcast to give you a public service announcement of how you can attend this year's Hack Redcon for free. Daniel and Ken were kind enough to provide us with five free tickets to this conference. There is a promo code in the link below, and if you head to that address, insert that promo code you will be able to get a ticket for free to hack redcon 2023 so if you're in the louisville area then make sure you take advantage of that again it's in the description or the show notes
3: wherever you're listening to this podcast all right back to the episode hey don't want to um talk about this stuff all day and ken we didn't even get a chance to hear your uh phishing stories out there uh, and your social engineering stories. Could you just real quick from your perspective as um, a as lead there, what do you want people to know about phishing, phishing social engineering in general um, The and how can you as a company help people in that situation?
1: Um, yeah, I, I define social engineering as manipulating natural human behaviors and tendencies um to further gain Uh, and it doesn't have to be malicious Um, you know you guys social engineered us into coming onto your podcast you know like (laughs) (laughs) it's it's uh you know it's it's getting somebody to do what you want them to do and it's it's you know just a psychology uh, experiment. And that, that can be something, you know, if you look in my closet, I have UPS outfits that I've curated from, um, you know, various Goodwill stores. I've ordered, you know, vests. And, and, and a lot of times social engineering doesn't have to be a voice thing. Like Dan's talking about, it can be just a perception thing. Um, You know, if you look the part, look, look like you belong there, wearing the uh, attire that you associate that person in as a job role. Oftentimes, you won't ask what they're doing and why they're uh, walking past you in a secure facility or a construction site if you have a hard hat on. You know, there's a, there's a lot of ways to manipulate um, perception and psychology, um, and that can you know it goes into all of the you know malicious or um, you know adversarial techniques that we do see with fishing. You know, there's the the Nigerian Prince lottery winner thing that we've all seen. Um, And, you know, that's played out, but it's still, it's still, you know, it tugs on people's emotions and that's what social engineering does all around it. You know, it's um, the vishing thing uh, on the phone, you know, acting like you're there to help them or you need something from them and cater to the people's desire to be helped or to help others. And, you know, it goes back to, you know, physical, physical penetration testing where you can't go into a, a secure door, but if you show up, um, you know, as a, if you send a pregnant woman there or a woman in a pregnancy suit and she's carrying seven boxes to that door, um, most people are going to hold that door for that person as opposed to um, ask them to swipe their key card. I'm sorry, you know, and and that, that's, That's the give and take with this job, you know, it's it's manipulating people sometimes uh, in ways that you don't want to, because we don't want to make we want to make society more secure, not more insular and, you know, jaded and, you know, hating everybody or not wanting to be good humans to other people and not hold doors open for pregnant women carrying packages. Right. Um, So we try to we try to. Impress upon our clients, you know, security awareness thing, uh, is a big thing, you know, go through these exercises with your customers. And, um, there's ways, like Dan said, just hang up the phone or say, I can't handle this. I need to, uh, fact check you first, you know, and, and, and then the door handling thing be like, stay right here. I'm going to go get our security guard for you or you know, something like that. It's not being mean. It's not being helpful. Um, but it's being more secure for your organization. So.
0: Yeah, and one thing just just to add to that, um, the we like to take the approach of a a well rounded attack. When when bad actors um, target a company or target a victim, um, a lot of times one thing we have to consider and as an example to this, when we get a, go on to an engagement, typically there's a set amount of scope, a very limited scope, um, and limited amount of time, obviously because of resources and budget. Bad actors do not have a budget. Bad actors typically have plenty of time in many instances, uh, years. So um, we, when we talk to our clients about social engineering, and usually it's phishing, right? Because that is where everybody goes to. And that, that's the obvious. And I, there's a lot of great tools out there, technological tools um, and awareness tools, training tools. I think it's more appropriate organizations need to think about a well-rounded approach towards social engineering. That includes physical uh, physical security, which pre- presents many, many, many vulnerabilities. I, um, I go by the name on uh, Discord and around social janitor, and you'll see me when I go to conferences, I wear a full janitor outfit. Um, but the, the aspect of physical security, of course, vishing, smishing, which is uh, social uh, texting, using uh, malicious attacks through text, email, but looking at it as a comprehensive approach towards security, as opposed to just one element of it, um, I think is important that we, we, we try to point out and emphasize to our clients. So
3: I, I really, really like that. Just simple advice and just hang up. Don't hold the door. Just real simple. I think anybody can grasp that. They don't have to be a security expert to it. just sounds weird and just hang up. We keep again. We could keep talking about this element all day uh, and the many other stories we've heard out there about social engineering. But we don't want to take up your whole day, and this episode is only so long. And there is another topic that I wanted to bring up. I'm very excited. Uh, and that was one of the main reasons I was wanted you to be on the program, and that was talk about the nonprofit that you're building, uh, Build Cyber. Uh, could you just give us a quick? high-level overview of that mission just to get started? That's uh, buildcyber.org for those listening at home that want to look it up while he's talking.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the founda- It's really the foundation of who we are, um, the, the, the the leading driver of why we founded the security company and the conferences. Um, Build Cyber is a nonprofit that what we do, and this has primarily been driven through the, the goodwill of the conferences and the community. We've partnered with many different um, education providers such as TCM, uh, Black Hills, uh, Offsec, Zero Point Security, Hack the Box, and many others. And essentially what they've done is uh, contributed vouchers. These vouchers go towards, in some instances, certificates, in other instances, subscription training. What our organization does is we focus, and, and it's open to everybody. By the way, but we, we tend to focus on uh, veteran communities, neurodiverse communities, low income communities could be somebody that had gotten in trouble when they were younger. There's a lot of people that you know, 15, 20 years ago may, might have gotten a felony, have changed their life or you know fathers or mothers, and but they still struggle getting access in particular around you know corporate jobs, right? Our organization pairs those vouchers, which are totally free for, for the student with them and we connect them in in, in many instances, we ourselves mentor them, but we connect them with certified experts and we've built out mentoring networks globally and we match them and put them in mentoring groups. The goal is to match them with free certificates, mentor them and guide them through the process. Um, And When we started, we first got um, some certificates from OffSec for the PEN 200, the OSCP um, certificates vouchers. And after we, we then put together Hack Space, we haven't talked about that, but that was the conference at the Kennedy Space Center we did in April. Uh, we raised over $100,000 in vouchers, which is truly impactful. Uh, and we've matched those with uh, many different people that are going through what we call the, the pathway, the build cyber pathway. And the reason we designed a pathway is that some of the subscriptions and vouchers are for entry level, beginner level, some are intermediate, and then in some cases on the professional level. Uh, so what we do is we um, we guide them through this pathway in between. We help them with things like soft skills, how to write a report, how to um, how to tell a CISO their baby's ugly. In other words, their security program isn't really secure. Um, the the real things that what it takes when you know when you run up, for example, a, an offensive security firm, fifty percent of your time is in report writing and interacting with your clients and and what that looks like. So our goal is to help prepare them, guide them through this education pathway, and then leverage the conferences to help them get jobs. So refer them to um, government agencies, national security, um, or other companies that are looking to hire. Um, We don't charge anything for that. It's just a a natural function of our conferences. The ultimate goal is to lower the barrier of education, uh, workforce development, so help uh, people from communities that don't necessarily have access or resources to be able to, to guide into that path. And then from the corporate side um, to to uh, to inform companies, because a lot of companies have these large marketing budgets. Marketing budgets are wasted every day. I came from the finance sector and I was underwriting investments. I would see millions of dollars wasted on consulting to go to baseball games, to build a partnership. I believe the greatest investment that we can make is into education. So by getting corporate partners to leverage instead of wasting money, and I say waste because it truly is a waste in many instances, in all these different marketing campaigns, invest into your business, invest into your community through education. And that will, one, it gives you marketing in many ways, but it also has all these other long-term benefits. Um, And so that's what Build Cyber is all about. It's about leveraging education, building a grassroots community from the ground up, um, without really without large corporate sponsors or investors, it's it's just a function of all of us taking the knowledge and education we have and sharing that with each other, trying to get better and then helping people um, that want to get involved.
2: So going to that wanting to get involved aspect, how do people get involved with this program? What 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 can I do if I'm interested in listening to this?
0: Pretty simple. Uh, go to build dot org and you can sign up there. Uh we also are on um, Discord. If uh, the easiest way to get there, and we can, with the bio, of course, we could put a link, but the easiest way is to go to hackredcon.com. And right on the top, there's a Discord logo. If you click that, it'll drop you in the server. Uh, my name is Social Janitor there. They can DM me or really respond in the group and, um, and we can interconnect them. One other thing I did want to mention off of Build Cyber and how to get involved um, for people that are interested in, in getting into the industry that don't have a lot of connections, or maybe like Dwayne, like you said, you were in sales and looking to maybe make a transition, what that looks like. One of the most powerful ways to build relationships. I can give you countless stories of friends of ours that have gotten jobs this way is to volunteer at a conference. It could be any con- Obviously we'd love to have you at ours, but any B sides, any local small conferences, volunteer. Um, it's powerful. You're looked at as typically as a staff organizer and you immediately meet influencers, people that are, you know, commanding companies that are directors of security teams. And it's just really the best way. And, um, I can only speak, you know, for myself, I look at dozens of resumes a month. The, the first, once I see that they're certified, the most important thing that I look for is volunteer and community work. If I don't see it, I'll pass a pass on them unless it's a very specific reason. Um, it's just, for us, we feel like it's the most impactful way to uh, to build a solid organization. So volunteering is a essential essential thing, I think.
2: It's it's interesting what you say there, though, because I volunteered at uh, B-Sides Las Vegas last year. And I was couldn't believe it because I was on the registration desk handing out. And the three people on there with me were sizes of large companies. And I was kind of like, you know, like, these are the people that would be so hard to talk to, to meet oh. with. And they're at the, handing out registration badges uh, with me at Las Vegas uh, this time. So I was like, oh, "This is this is this is the hack. Yeah, <laughs> this is. is how you get it, it is. Is. If, only I, if only I had a podcast back then.
0: <laughs> it's, it's super cool um, to to do it, and just as an organizer, um, and I'll give you an example. One of our great mentors and friends. He's he's been a just along along the whole way, and he's actually one of Zachary's first trainers. Uh, Ed SCOTUS. Ed Skotis, um, this is somebody that all of us regard as, I mean, just one of the, you know, powerhouses of, of pen testing and, and influencing cybersecurity. And by the way, one of the kindest uh, people um, that you can meet to, to be able to connect an entry-level veteran, no experience, no clue what direction he's going to get 20 or 30 minutes with Ed SCOTUS. He, this veteran came up to me afterwards in tears and so just saying thank you and all that. And, th- and the point of the exercise is that you just don't know who you're going to meet, but you will meet important people at these conferences. Um, and they uh, majority, I mean, the majority of everyone I've met in this mission of building this and and, and going through the it's, they're kind, they're humble and they want to give back. So it's um, a lot of times it's hard to just have that conversation, especially when you're at a conference, a lot of people. But I, I just encourage Encourage it because, like you said, there you're at the registration table with these powerhouses, and um, those relationships are lifetime relationships, right? And um, so,
3: yeah. Hey, I want to wind things up here with you. So, going back to the conference thing one more time, but definitely directly related to y'all Hack Redcon coming up uh, very, very soon. Uh, What could share the dates on that? And then who should be there give us a quick high level pitch on why someone should come to your event
0: sure uh so hack RedCon is again going to be in louisville kentucky it's a two-day event um september 8th and 9th the 8th is at the university of louisville uh we have many many workshop trainings it's listed on our website um from devops pen testing malware uh development um how to build a sock. So, so there's some blue team, um, purple team, uh, trainings. These are hands on workshop, two hour workshop blocks taught by some of the leaders in the industry. Um, anybody really can attend from entry level all the way up to professional level. The, uh, as one example, uh, we have white night labs. These are expert red teamers that are giving a, a, actually a full day training. Uh, so that really can be geared towards somebody on the, the most professional level with a lot of experience. Uh, day two is the full conference day, September 9th. It's hosted at the Louisville Slugger Museum, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's a different venue where th- there's a actually those mini bats that Ken has in that uh, video. We're going to be doing custom bats and giving those away. Um, but it's, it's pretty neat. We, uh, we rented the museum during the day. Uh, it's from nine to five. There'll be three talk tracks, a variety of talks. Again, all of them are listed. I believe we have almost 20 talks now. And then there's about 10 reserve talks, uh, everything from entry level of how to get involved, how to, how to get into the field through the most advanced, some of the most advanced, uh, things that are taking place in the industry, red teaming, blue teaming, purple teaming, uh, one on, there's a talk on OSINT and many others. Uh, we're also going to have some really cool events. So the after party, we rented the entire museum, a couple of fun facts, there's a bourbon distiller inside the museum. So, we're gonna be making custom bottles of bourbon. Uh, if, if you don't drink, it's not for everybody, but uh, usually in Louisville, there's plenty of bourbon drinking. Um, we're gonna do Hacker Jeopardy. Uh, our take on Whose Slide Is It Anyway? It's called Slide Shenanigans, which is super fun. We're also, I think the most important thing, uh, we're gonna be doing an auction. Uh, part of the auction, uh, there's a bunch of cool things. I commissioned Jamie, uh, which is Ken's wife, she's an artist. She's doing a, I might get this wrong, but I think it's like a 40 by 30, uh, custom painted, uh, painting of the logo. Um, we're going to be giving away vouchers, um, a bunch of prizes, some hardware prizes. The idea with the auction is to raise money. All of the funds will be put back into the conference and buying more certificate vouchers for people in need. So it's a, it's a, it's an exercise that we, um, we did with hack space. We did a, um, we did a raffle and it was just a great success. So we're going to do that again. Um, to, for the second part of the question, who should attend? Uh, wide range. So our conference, we, we pride ourselves on being inclusive. So you could be entry level, somebody that's a student. We have partnerships with all of, well, I don't say all, but most of the universities throughout Kentucky and uh, other, other universities. So someone that's looking to get in that's a student all the way up to your practitioners, CISOs, um, security uh, directors. We have a bunch of companies coming out. Um, pen testers, we'll have plenty of pen testers, which is kind of our our core group, um, blue teamers. And really just anybody that's a security or technology enthusiast, um, it should be, yeah, a really, really good mix of both entry level. Our mix is usually about, I would say 30 to 40% entry level, and then probably 60, 65% people that are real experienced and involved in the industry, influencers and what have you. So,
3: right Well, well, hopefully uh, everyone can make it out um, to Louisville. And if you're in the Louisville area and you're listening, definitely make it out there. Uh, There'll be links in the description below for if you want. anyone that wants to attend.
2: Uh, we'll make sure that there is uh, easy access links for you to find uh, this conference, hackredcon.com, uh, I presume, to yes. the website
0: awesome
3: all right well uh, wrap things up here uh thanks very much for being on the program today and sharing your knowledge uh if one big takeaway i'm going to take away is just hang up the phone if you're when in doubt <laughs> just uh, hang up call back they can send you uh, a letter in the mail like the irs does <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah those, those letters but uh, i out those are real um <laughs> Uh, but, Ken, do you want to give us any parting shots, any final words of wisdom as a security lead out there?
1: Be excellent to each other. Um, and don't click on anything.
3: <laughs> and come to our conference.
1: Come to our conference and learn a whole bunch of cool things uh, and mentor somebody else when you do. Awesome. That's excellent.
2: Well, thank you both for, for joining in here. We really appreciate it. Um, and I look forward to uh, keeping my eye on uh, Red Hat Kong and hopefully making it out to Louisville myself one day. So thanks for you both. and um, look forward to seeing the journey.
0: Thank you, guys.